Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, alongside my father, Chris. Before we begin, I must tell you that our special guest could not make it for today's episode. But here is what's on the menu for you today. DJ LeMahieu adds even more depth to the New York Yankees. Russell Martin flies back to Hollywood. It's been a slow offseason so far. We'll discuss if that's maybe the new norm. The Phillies have huge plans. Nolan Arenado wants $30 million bucks. Kyler Murray is the most dramatic prospect in the league. The biggest news of the week will come to you near the end of the podcast. And as always, we will wrap things up with the latest off-season news. Chris, how are you doing this fine Thursday evening? I'm good. And you know what? I'm, I'm a little excited that the special guest couldn't join this week because I, I feel like I may be able to join you guys next week. And uh, I wasn't going to be able to this week. So could be exciting to join next week, but I know there's... Uh, you know, tryouts for your younger brother and everything like that. Yes. Yes. I think I will certainly try because it's a big one. Mm -hmm. It's a very big special guest. And I think you will all be pleased to know who it is when he joins. Oh, I just revealed something. It's a he. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. DJ. Let's get right into things. DJ LeMayhew signed with the Yankees. Last Friday, on an eventful Friday in the baseball world, he signed a two-year, $24 million deal with the Bronx Bombers, adding even more depth to that infield. Now, you're a big guy on depth, but my problem with this is they have so much depth and infield, or sorry, so much depth and talent in that infield already that the signing didn't make much sense to me. They already had Miguel Andujar, Glaber Torres, and even Luke Boyd. I'm not going to give any credit to Lo. Gregorius is injured, but he's expected to come back at some point in 2019. For now, you can put LeMahieu at second, Torres can move to short, Andujar sticks at third, or you move him to first for the aforementioned doodle to put him at third. Obviously, New York is out on Machado, but they're eventually going to have the same problem as the Blue Jays with a logjam of infielders that are big league caliber. But like I said, you are big on depth, but are the Yankees going the wrong way adding this much depth to their infield? No, no, you can't go the wrong way with adding depth. I mean, you can't, especially the, the evil empire, the New York Yankees. I mean, listen, they've got an unlimited cash flow. Why, why would they not just add 10,000 infielders and then see which one sticks? The thing is, Tulo, it's funny, Jim Bowden on MLB Network Radio, I think on Sunday, said he expects Tulo to be cut before the end of spring training. And I laughed at that because I thought you would enjoy that comment. But, um, I didn't hear it, but I thoroughly did. That, that he sincerely can't do this anymore, especially on a daily basis, and, and, and I don't either. And so there's, there's depth that if it sticks, great. If it doesn't, it's fine. I mean, just cut them. Um, that said, the Yankees have a lot of depth, and good for them. I mean, they have unlimited resources. You know, when you're a team with unlimited resources, you just build depth. and then. You but just... I ask you this. Mm-hmm. If what if LeMahieu is the guy that doesn't work out, then you're paying a guy twelve million to be in AAA, and you don't want to be doing that. LeMahieu's not going to AAA. LeMahieu's going to stay up in the big leagues. You're not paying him twelve million to go to AAA. The intention is to have him in the big leagues. He may not be your starter, but he may and probably could be a bench player. Now that's an expensive. Bench. But what if he really deuces the futon, as you like to say? Sorry, say again. What if he really deuces the futon, as you like to say? Oh, you took that from me, eh? I did. Uh, yeah, but no. Uh, then you're paying a guy $12 million to play. In... Will. I mean, it's possible that anybody will. Tulo deuced the futon last year and the year before, and he made $20 million. Because I mean, he's a garbage player. 
but he wasn't. No, come on. That's just silly. I mean, he's not a garbage player over his career. He was a garbage player when he was with the Jays. After Did I say it was over his career? But you just said he's a garbage player. You just gave the, the kind of overall overarching opinion that he's a garbage player, and he wasn't. He was probably the best shortstop in all of Major League Baseball for a very long time. The problem is it wasn't with your Jays and my Jays, so you're a little bitter about that. But that's, you know, the reality is he was that, and there was a potential he could still be that. He didn't turn out to be that, but he could have, and it didn't work out. So that's that's it. And LeMahieu could be the same thing, but guess what, Dylan? He's cheaper than your Tulo. So even if he doesn't work out, he's cheaper than whatever Atkins is paying right now to get rid of Tulo. So... You know what? Good depth move for the Yankees. Depth, depth, depth. And if he works out, great. Um, I thought I should add that DJ LeMahieu had a three thirty batting average at Coors Field last year when he played for the Rockies. And I think it was near 260, 264 maybe, everywhere else. Will his production decline in the move to Yankee Stadium? No. Nobody's production declines in Yankee Stadium with that short porch. Listen, the the funny thing is with LeMahieu, he had a what average last year? Uh, it was 330 at Coors Field, 264 everywhere else. Not sure what the exact average was. You know, he's always a high average hitter. Interesting, interesting. And what was Tulo's? It was zero. Because, <laughs> right. you know, somehow he managed to hurt both heels. Yeah, and how much are we paying Tulo, uh, we being the Blue Jays? $28 million? $20 million. Well, eventually it's going to be So you know what? The Yankees are already on top. They're already ahead of the Blue Jays. They're already ahead of Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. Good signing for the Yankees, and that is it. And, and, and you know, it's expensive a little bit for LeMahieu, I think. But at the same time, you're likely slotting him in at second base. There's little chance he's a too low repeat and Tulo's likely not in it short anyway so like let's be honest he's gonna keel over on the first day of spring training for some reason (laughs) so there's gonna be somebody else short Tulo's gonna get released he was being paid major league minimum anyway you have to plan for that LeMahieu was a good move yeah um it'll be interesting to see I mean LeMahieu's a great player I'm not taking anything away from him I'm just wondering if they have too many infielders there. Uh, the Blue Jays finally have enough room for their young catchers. Last Friday, adding to the chaos that happened with all the ar- arbitration deals and other signings, the Blue Jays dealt Russell Martin back to where he came up in L.A. This move was a necessary one as the Blue Jays had two young catchers in Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire that seemed ready for the big leagues. In, re- t- in return for the veteran catcher, the Blue Jays received Ronnie Brito and Andrew Sopko, two relatively unknown prospects. It's obviously tough to part with a leader, and especially a Canadian, as a Canadian team and the only one in baseball. But the time was right, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, the time was perfect. Yeah, we ate $16.4 million of this guy's contract. Oh, yeah. You know what? He's going back to where he started with the Dodgers. And listen, I'm going to get on a little rant here about Blue Jays fans, especially the ones on Twitter, where they – what do we call them usually? garbage clowns <laughs> yeah. and and the reason they are garbage clowns and i don't mean to insult you garbage clowns but you're garbage clowns is 
you're sitting there barking about these these single A, low A prospects that we got for Russell Martin, and that these guys will never perform. Blah 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 blah. And it's gonna be ten, fifteen years till they get here. Listen, the reality of this rebuild is is simple. We have a wave of prospects that are about to come to the major leagues. And that wave includes Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, and others. Danny Jansen's already arrived. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has already arrived. These guys are the first wave. But as a Blue Jays fan, you really have to think about who the heck is the second wave. If you want a sustainable winner, you want a winner that lasts beyond Vladdy Jr., beyond Bo Bichette, who is going to come in next? And there's really not a lot coming behind them. So this is the kind of depth that, yes, it's very low A. It's very young. It, it, it could be that these guys do absolutely nothing. Casey Stern says prospects are cool, parades are cooler, and absolutely that's true. The difference is that, that there is potential and this could be the second wave. And you have to build a second wave to, to be a contender for many, many years to come. I don't have a problem with this move at all. I don't have a problem with the prospects that came in at all. I think you eat most of Martin's salary. You get some good prospects because you ate most of the salary. And now he's, he's gone. He's off your books. And you've got these prospects in the system for the next wave beyond, well, the next wave. <laughs> the second wave, I should say. And, and I, I love it. I don't have an issue with this move at all. Could we have gotten more for Russell Martin? Probably no. not. He was below the Mendoza line in mm. his batting average last year. Yes, great defensive catcher. He cannot hit worth a lick. He could not hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> because of that, you know, he is he, – we got the best we could get for this guy. So the garbage clowns need to zip it up and put themselves back in their bedrooms and, and lock the door behind them because they should not be coming out into public until they figure this out. <laughs> well, pretty harsh on the garbage clowns. Well, I mean, they are garbage clowns. It's silly. I mean, we get two, two prospects. One of them, if I'm not mistaken, Dylan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but one of them was hitting almost 300 in the low A's. Yeah. Right? And, and so we'll take that guy. The other guy, not so much, but at the same time, who knows what he becomes? I mean, we're talking low A ball here. Right, And we do need a second wave. We, being the Blue Jays, need a second wave of prospects coming in behind these big guys that are coming. And, and you know, armchair fans, fair-weather fans don't get that. And they need to learn that. Because if you want a sustainable winner over the years, you need people coming in over and over again. Not just Vladdy Jr. and give up and rebuild again. What Atkins and Shapiro are trying to do is say, Vladdy comes in now. All the new guys come in now. We've got them at least for a controllable six years. Then who comes in next? And listen, none of these two are Vladdy Jr. I get that. But you've got time to acquire the next Vladdy Jr. You've got time to do international draft. You've got time to scout. You've got time over the next six years, and you still have a good prospect base from which to either deal people for trades or to bring up after them. And I think that that's a good move. I, I just think all around, it's a good move. Yes, we ate a lot of money, but it's a good move. Yeah, I would agree with you um, in that. And as much as 
fans like to hate on Shapiro and Atkins, I think what they're doing is the right thing, and they know what they're doing. So they hate on if- Shapiro and Atkins because it's easy. It's what everyone else does. It's following, like, be leaders, people. See what they're doing. Be leaders. What do you mean, be leaders? These guys are sitting in their bedrooms on their laptops complaining <laughs> about things they can't do anything about. <laughs> It's true, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Hiding behind a damn computer screen on Twitter, talking about how Watch two professionals language. in what they're doing don't know what they're doing. Sorry, I still got to be your dad. Watch your language on this thing. Uh, what did yeah. I say? You said damn. Sorry. There's children listening. Of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, what I'm saying is, is I don't even know what I'm saying now. You just walked <laughs> right up. And now I don't even know what I'm saying, but it has, oh, the, the Shapiro and Atkins thing. I don't, don't even get me started on that topic. It's the most ridiculous topic in Toronto sports history because they've done nothing That's wrong. A bold since statement. They got, nothing wrong since they got here, right? It's like talking about the Leafs ever winning the Stanley Cup. We all know that's <laughs> never going to happen, right? <laughs> I agree with you on it's that one. Ridiculous, and now this is ridiculous. Oh, Leafs fans all just tuned out, didn't they? <laughs> yep. Thanks for uh, putting our <laughs> ratings back down. Anyway, it's been no secret. It's a slow off season, but I personally wonder if this is going to be the new norm around the league. This is two years straight now. So, is this what's going to happen every year? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? You just said this was going to happen every, and then you stopped. Oh, I said every year, and you were supposed to jump in. Oh. <laughs> I didn't hear the word year. I just heard this is what's going to happen every, and then it stopped. Okay, so uh, repeat yourself again. This, oh, is the slow – oh, no, don't repeat yourself. I got this. Uh, no, 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 the slow off season. Listen, I think this is the new normal. I don't think it's a slow off season at all. What I think is happening is the off season has transitioned into a position where most moves will happen beyond Christmas. I don't think that your traditional, and maybe this is a discussion where baseball looks at this in a couple of years and says, why don't we have winter meetings in January? And maybe I'm throwing something out there that nobody's thrown out there before. And I hope I am because maybe that's ratings bait, but (laughs) What I'm really throwing out here is maybe winter meetings need to start happening in January. Because if you look at the last two years and the slow off season, as as most people call it, it's really not slow. The minor moves have moved early, which used to be the late moves, and the big moves have moved late. So why doesn't baseball take a look at this and follow suit and move the winter meetings into January where the bigger moves tend to happen? That's what I'm saying, because I don't think this is a bad thing for baseball. I just think things have shifted. You know, Listen. Think... Go ahead. Listen, the big money makers for the league are the Bryce Harpers and the Manny Machados of the world, the Mike Trouts. If these guys aren't signing, then baseball's not making any money. And here is what I think is going on. So I heard Jeff Sampson explain it a little bit a couple days ago, and he said that each agent has promised his player that they'll make the most money. And I certainly agree with that. And they're waiting each other. They're all waiting each other out right now. Scott Boris is telling Bryce Harper that he's going to make the most money out of any free agent, possibly ever. Dan Lozano is out here telling Manny Machado the same thing. Same thing. Dan Lozano's Machado's agent from MVP Sports Group 
Now they're just waiting each other out to keep their clients happy. But listen up, Boris. Listen up, Lozano. Your client's not going to be happy sitting on his couch at his, at his Vegas home in mid-February while teams are out there and players are making money and they're sitting on their couches watching them do this, making jack crap. I think that this law offseason is a huge problem for baseball because if these guys are not getting paid, if these guys aren't signing anywhere, they're not making the money that they could be from ratings from the fans. This is, this is going to be a huge problem of the years. Boris and Lozano, these two agents, need to understand that they are going to lose the contracts that they tell their players they're going to get because as soon as you get into February, it's advantage team. Okay? The teams have the advantage here because they can say – you know what, Bryce Harper? You want to be paid. We don't have to pay you. Here's what we're going to give you. It's the best you're going to get. No. At this point, at this point, oh. that's all they're going to get. Diesel, like really? Like, are you ranting like this? Yes. Seriously. Okay. So here's the thing. I would agree with you if Bryce Harper went in November or December, but I don't agree with you on this one. And the reason is, all the big names are still out there. So it's not advantage team. It's still advantage big names. It feels like it's advantage team because we're not used to this. This is only the second, maybe third year where we've seen that a lot of the big names go after the holiday season. But the reality is it's still advantage for the players because, you know, they still get to select the teams that they go to. It's okay, not... but listen. Sorry, go ahead. Why was Manny Machado offered $175 million because this week? Because he wasn't. He was offered that out of the gate. Let's all call that what that is. That's posturing. Somebody leaked that. That's probably the first offer he ever got from the White Sox. I'm not buying it for even half a second. The guy got that offer as an initial offer at the beginning of but the But Bryce Harper's is $300 million. But that's what I'm saying. He got – but I, I get that. But that's because he's with a team that values him. And, you know, a lot of these other teams need to really understand the fact that, that if, the, if the Washington Nationals, and, and I know we're going to get into this probably, maybe we're not, maybe you didn't add this topic, I'm looking at it now, but, and I don't see it on here. But the, the, the thing about Bryce Harper, and I've asked this question on Twitter, at 3BaseballBoys11 if you want to argue with me, the, the thing with this is his own team knows his character. His own team knows the type of play he brings and offered him 10 years and over $300 million. How is every team not offering him the exact same thing or more? It is the most ridiculous concept to understand that Bryce Harper has two offers on the table, maybe three if you, if you include the Nationals' original offer. That's ridiculous. The guy is 26 years old. That means that even if you give him a 10-year deal, he's 36. We just traded a catcher that's 36 and probably still can perform. So here's my thing about this whole Bryce Harper thing. Even if I'm the Toronto Blue Jays, I've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming up. I've got, I've got Bo Bichette. I've got Kevin Biggio. I'm going to slot Bryce Harper right in there. And yeah. Maybe year one and year two, we're not going to be the competitive team you all think we could be and not make it the World Series. That's fine. You know why? Because after year two, Bryce Harper is 28. Okay? So is Teoscar Hernandez. So are many of the other players on the team. Bryce Harper is a unique player 
that that is at free agency much younger than most other players. And because of that, he is worth the 10 years. He is worth the three, $350 million because when he's done this contract, most likely eight of those 10 years, you've been competitive. And that for me is a, a huge thing. I know he probably, listen, we're going to get the garbage clowns that say he'll never play in Canada and he'll never consider the Blue Jays because no ever free agent considers the Blue Jays. I get that. But if Ross Atkins and, and Mark Shapiro aren't actually reaching out to Boris right now, they're insane. The kid's 26. He's one day younger than Teoscar Hernandez, who is on our roster. And, and I just don't get it. I don't know why you wouldn't go after this kid. I get it. Maybe he won't sign in Toronto. That's fine. Make him say that. Bryce, I make him an offer. Bryce Harper is not going to not. He's, listen, I don't think he's going to sign in Toronto, but I'm not saying that because it's the Blue Jays because it's Canada. I'm saying that because Bryce Harper wants to win now. And I'm not. No, no, no. Listen, I'm not fully sure he wants to wait another two years. And I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if he, I'm sure he doesn't because he's been on the team that's made it to the NLDS during the five, during five out of the six years he was there or seven years, six out of the seven years that he was there and Kai boshed it. But and I think he wants to win right now. He doesn't want to wait anymore. Let me ask you this. Does he have to wait two years? I mean, the reality is, the Blue Jays' payroll, once you've got Tulo off the books, and even with Tulo not completely off the books next year, is much, much lower. On the books right now, you're talking maybe $20, $30 million next year and $9 million the next. I mean, adding $25, 30 $35, 40 $45 for Bryce Harper on a one-year deal, not one-year deal, but on an annual basis, is not a huge burden. And you can go out and fill in around him. I get you've got your arbitration eligible players and all of those things will add up and eventually you get to 100 million, 110, 120. But if I'm Rogers Communications and I see the marketing opportunity that Bryce Harper brings, I am sitting there at the table myself, not even with Shapiro or Atkins. I am, I am, what's the, Ed Rogers. Ed Rogers is the son. I am Ed Rogers. I'm sitting there and I'm saying to Scott Boris, what's it going to take for me to get this player? Because this player I can market the heck out of and make half of his money back. And then I'm going to have a winner probably in one year instead of two. Because the reality is with Harper in the lineup and what Vlad Guerrero Jr. projects to be, your lineup's going to be just fine. Fill in the pitching next year. This year, you know, we've got all the people that have had Tommy John and are just coming back and won't come back till June. And I don't understand that deal, and I don't know if you put this in the agenda, but uh, we are going to talk about it at some point. This type of deal, that's fine. That's for this year. But if you get Harper, you don't wait two years. You wait one. You go next year, and you fill in the rotation, and you go for it. Yeah. My only I don't know. Tonight. I'm done now. Mic down. <laughs> Um, I just don't know if, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's out there. I think it's, it's an option that's on the table. What I think you're, you're hesitating on Dylan, and I will agree with you as well as the rest of the Twitterverse that's going to chide me for this for the next 10 years. It is not likely that he would pick Toronto. And I get that. 
I get that. But what I'm saying is, why do we not have, we being Toronto, have a, not have an offer on the table for him to reject? If he chooses to reject it, fine. But, but that's should... not... Go That's ahead. not what Chapar and Atkins are trying to do right now. They're trying to get rid of the big contracts. They don't want to have any big contracts on their team. No, that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to build a sustainable winner. And you've got a young kid who's 26. This is what Jim Bowden loses his mind over, and I, I totally agree. Uh, you're, you've got a kid who's 26 years old. Yes, he's entering his prime, but you've got four at least years, probably six of his prime, till he gets to 32. Six Years, you're telling me that the Blue Jays will not be World Series champions with this kid in the next six years with who's coming up for them? I'm not buying it one bit. I signed this guy right now because even though the first year or next year may not be your World Series years, it's going to be competitive just by having him in the lineup with Vladdy Jr. Okay, I have to, I have to cut you off there. We're taking a lot more time. Hey, we can cut topics out, Dylan. This is a big one. I understand that, but like, I don't see Bryce Harper coming to Toronto. I don't either. But what I'm saying is, it's ridiculous to not have the offer on the table. And we'll leave. I understand. No, I understand what you're saying, and I think that it's certainly what you're what you're saying is certainly uh, something worth considering if you're Shapiro and Atkins, even if you're Ed Rogers, because this guy is a superstar, a full on superstar. Who's 26. Who's exactly. He's hit his age 36 season until he's done the deal. I mean, come on, guys. But listen, I get it. He's probably not going to pick Toronto. We should still have the offer on the table, and I'll leave it with that. Okay. Anyway, Tuesday night, Bob Nightingale made the insane report that the Phillies are trying to sign Harper or Machado, Dallas Keuchel, and Craig Kimbrell, all at once. Well, all at once, but they want to have all three of them on, their t- on the team. You know, I try to keep it PG on the podcast, as you asked me to do earlier. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but is there any way in hell they're able to pull this off? Well, yeah. They're the Phillies, and they said they were going to spend stupid money. So there you go. You know, this is the stupid money. They're maybe not going to get both Machado and Harper, but they're going to go out and acquire players, players that are making some good money. They're going to go out and sign some players like Keiko. Why not? Go for it, Philly. This is what I'm saying about the Blue Jays. You got your prospects. You got your big prospects coming in. Now you go and you just be ridiculous. The Phillies are no Blue Jays. The Phillies won 80 games last year. The Jays didn't. But they don't have a Vladdy, but that doesn't mean they can't. And maybe the Jays don't need to make as many moves and don't need to spend stupid money because they have a Vladdy. But the Phillies don't have that. So maybe it is stupid money time. Totally agree with what they're doing. Get out there and win. You make your most money as a team when you win. The reality is your fans come out. Your fans don't just come out, but they buy merchandise. And they buy it wherever they can get it. They load up on merchandise. And, and when they do that, your team makes money. Winning is money. This new wave of, of tanking to see if you can get the highest draft pick and, and trying to be the worst team for four or five years to acquire as many prospects as you can is fine, except that you're not going to make any money. You better understand that. You're not going to make any money for five years. And the Blue Jays 
being our team that we're talking about most of the time probably should realize that too. And I think they do. I think, I think you look at us an Atkins and a Shapiro. I think they look at this and go, we don't want to be terrible for very but, long, but I'm, I'm just saying that there's opportunity when you have the best prospect in all of baseball to advance this a little bit and make it not last five years, make it last two or even just one and compete again next year. Okay. You keep transitioning to the Blue Jays. Looking at it from a Phillies standpoint, they're one piece away from winning. They went 18-82. They fell off at the end of the year. They were right in the mix for that division. The Blue Jays are more than one piece away from winning. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not going to carry that team. They don't need to get the three of these guys. They can just take one, saves it a crap load of money, and you still win. Yeah. So, but you were asking me about these three guys. And, and if I were the Blue Jays, I'd take all three and I'd win. Now, do the Phillies need all three? No, you're probably right. So if that's where you're going with this, then I would agree with you on that front. They probably don't need to go as ridiculous as all three. But if I'm the Jays, I make this move. If I'm, if I'm a couple of other teams, I make this move. If I'm the White Sox, I make this move. Right, if you can, I mean, it's the White Sox. Nobody wants to play there, but but it'll always be the White Sox are my too low, Dylan. But I know, uh, I've noticed. I mean, I've I've driven by their ballpark. It's <laughs> enough to make you gag. Uh, but the uh, but but I mean, listen, this is maybe something that the Blue uh, the Phillies rather don't need to do as far as all three players. But it's a big move, and it probably helps them win the National League at the very least. Yeah, um, it'll certainly be interesting to see how things play out because it's going to be if, – if they pull this off, they win the NL, maybe the World Series in two years. I don't have them winning next year, but I think in two years they pull this off. Ooh, you better watch out. Yeah. Um, Nolan Arenado, one of the game's best third basemen, wants $30 million this year. Nolan Arenado. I mean, it had to be done. It really had to be done. When, when is the last time we had a dad joke on this? Uh, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Arenado wants $30 million this year. $30 million. I personally believe that he deserves the $30 million entirely, but I'm not so sure the Rockies do. I understand that they're the team, and they're going to pitch the lowest amount of money, and they're always going to try and talk about the player as if they're garbage, which is what the Jays did to Marcus Stroman, and it really offended him. Um, but they're just doing that. They don't – listen, for the players out there, I know the amount of players that we have listening to the podcast is probably minimal, but the team doesn't the – team, the team values you. They, they, they value the player a lot. They're saying this stuff so that they can pay you the least amount of money while still having you on their team. The Rockies know that Nolan Arenado is their franchise player – and he yep. is their key to winning. But they're going to rip him apart in arbitration because that, they want to pay the least amount of money. Before you jump in, just a quick refresher for everyone. The Rockies last year gave Ian Desmond $22 million, and they're offering Arnado $24 million. I understand that they want to pay him the least amount of money possible, but Arnado's a lot better than Ian Desmond, and I think that they maybe could go a little bit higher. Whoa. Did you hear that voice crack? <laughs> well, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, so, yeah, listen, can I jump in here? 
Yeah, yeah. I know we're gonna make a, make this a quick topic now at this point because we we've, we've definitely dragged on with some of our other topics. Yeah, I'm gonna give you this. The Rockies, you're absolutely right. Are are coming in at 24 million, and he's coming in at 30. He's going to get the 30, no matter what he gets, though. Out of these two amounts, he is the highest paid arbitration player of all time. The yeah. last person that was was Josh Donaldson at 23 point something. How'd this... that pan out? What's that? How'd that pan out? How'd, how what happened there? Well, he spent the whole time on the disabled list. Oh, isn't that fun? <laughs> And it was not fun. But, you know, the thing is, he's going to – listen, Arenado's younger. He's going to get – he's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid a lot. And I think that ends the topic. I mean, the reality is, yeah. why are we haggling over 24 versus 30? We'll see what it pans out to be. I think he deserves either one. I think he's going to well with just as well with 24 as he is 30, and that's where we can leave that topic. Yeah. Uh, no, this kind of, kind of seems like old news now, but it still happened in the last week, and it's relatively fresh, and we need to talk about it. Kyler Murray, the talented two-sport athlete, is declared for the NFL draft. Cool. College kid declared for the NFL draft. Why are we talking about it on a baseball podcast? Well, he's an A's prospect. Murray met with the A's and requested a deal in the $15 million range. Is this a ludicrous request for a guy who has not played a game of professional baseball? No, because the kid has options, and and it's not a ludicrous request at all. What I would say, though, is I hope this isn't parent-driven. And what I mean by that is have the kid follow his passion. He has the opportunity to be one of the best football players out there. He also has the opportunity to be one of the best baseball players out there. And I just hope that the parents aren't saying join both baseball and football at this point to see how much money you can make us, kid, because that's not what it's about. What it's about is what Kyler Murray wants to do. Now, if he wants to play football, great. Go and do it. Enjoy. Baseball will miss you because we know you are going to be good. But the reality is if you get drafted into the NFL, you're going to play in the NFL next year. Am I not right on that? Yeah, most of the time that's what happens. Yeah. In baseball, you might have four or five years in the minor leagues before you ever get to play. Now, you're probably going to be drafted for more money in baseball. So up front, you're going to get maybe a bigger signing bonus. But the reality is that in time, potentially, you'll be faster into football. You also might die. But that's not <laughs> altogether. That's a little. But you'll be fast. That's maybe an exaggeration. But you'll be faster into football than you will be baseball. However, there is more risk for a career-ending injury, I would say, in baseball or in football rather than than there is in baseball. There's a lot of things for him to weigh out, but the reality is, at the end of the day, it's whatever Murray's passion is. And if that happens to be football, if he's really dedicated to football, then go, buddy. Just go and do it. If you're dedicated to baseball, that's different. Go back to baseball and. It, Sign your big signing bonus. I have no problem with you. Then asking the A's, hey, pay me $15 million to just choose baseball. The A's were stupid enough to draft you. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be a, a, a dink here, but the reality is you knew he could potentially declare for football. 
You knew he could potentially go to the combine, which he's going to. You knew all of this, and you still gave him a big deal. So if he's turning around and saying, "I need fifteen million more," is that what he, is that what I'm understanding here? Yeah. Then, <laughs> good luck, A's. You knew this was coming. Now you got to deal with it. And um, in football, like you said, you make it. You can make it in the NFL the next year. It's quick money in the NFL because signing bonuses. I mean, you look at Baker Mayfield, biggest quarterback in the NFL draft last year. He got a $17.32 million signing bonus in the NFL. That's what Kyler Murray wants from the A's. In baseball, over time, you're going to make more money collectively unless you're Tom Brady. But in baseball, you see those big deals if you're a superstar. So you're going to make more money over time. In football, you get quick money and you won't get as much of it because the contracts are a lot bigger in baseball. If this is money-driven, then maybe you go for baseball because it's it's, money-driven. In the end, it's money-driven. But, but in this stage of his career, you look at Bryce Harper. Yes, it was money-driven when he was at this stage of his career as well, but not to the same extent, not to the extent he's looking at now. Now he's looking at $300 million, 10 years or more. That's when you go make that kind of money. Right now, you follow your passion. What is your passion? If you're in your passion and then they offer you $10 million or 10, 10 years and 30, $300 million, okay, great. But find your passion first. Find your lot in life. Find your career. Find what makes you happy as a kid and then worry about the money because money's not everything in this world. And, and this kid needs to figure that out too because if you don't find your passion as soon as you can find your passion – I'm telling you right now, you're going to lose out on a big chunk of your life, and there's no reason to do that. And so for me, my advice to this kid is, yeah, okay, ask the A's for $15 million to shut you up. <laughs> I get that. It's hush money. But the reality is – We're not talking about a Trump Stormy Daniels situation. No, here, but... we're not. But the reality is this is what this is. It's, it's to stop talking about football and just join the A's. And I don't know if that's what this kid wants. And that's why I feel like this is parent-driven. I mean, to, to go and ask, do you think this kid sat in his bedroom one night playing Fortnite and said, <laughs> you know what's going to make me join the A's? Another $15 million. No, this is dad and mom-driven. This is something coming from dad and mom who want $15 million more. And I just feel like this kid is thinking football and that is where he should go if that is the case. I know yeah. that I wouldn't like it if you did that because of the concussion risk and all the different things. But if that was still your passion, I would still support it. Mm-hmm. And then I would feed you with a spoon later in life. <laughs> As promised, we end near the end of the podcast with the biggest news of the week. Well, in the biggest story of the last week, since it's been a pretty uneventful week, Melvin is BJ again. Melvin Upton Jr., formerly known as BJ Upton, Why is BJ Upton the... again. <laughs> this yeah. was a bombshell, absolute bombshell dropped in the baseball world. Um, so what do you make of the recent Upton family moves? Oh, uh, Bold statement here. I mean, you don't see this every day. You sure don't. It's been a whirlwind of a week. A BJ go to a Melvin, go to a BJ. (laughs) But you know what? I think that's Melvin wanted to be a BJ. 
BJ. Nothing did. <clears throat> yeah, you're 13. I get it. <laughs> Moving on. The latest offseason news, as always. I Congrats to BJ Upton on becoming BJ Upton again. Tortured with 40 minutes of our time. Sorry? I said, I don't think we need to go through this whole list of uh, minor moves here. Let's go pick one or two or three. Because Adam Alvino signed a three-year deal with the Yankees today, further bolstering that potent bullpen. Manny Machado offered a seven-year, $175 million deal Adam with the White Sox. Better. Phils were blown away by Bryce Harper by their meeting with Bryce Harper, and they feel that it's mutual. The A's, as we mentioned, met with Kyler Murray, pitching a career in baseball. Marwin Gonzalez might be talking to St. Louis. He is a perfect fit in that organization. Jake Petrichka signed a one-year deal with the Brewers, adding Jake to their hard-throwing pen. He's a brew crew. Interesting. Tim Beckham signed a one-year deal with the Mariners. The former Oriole was non-tendered by the club this yeah. offseason. And Gift Ngope gifted the Phillies with a one-year deal. Wow. So, wow, I have taught you well, son. <laughs> I know. Dad jokey right there, and that was well played. I'm glad I impressed you. <laughs> I think you got um, work to do, but that was, that was a good start. That was a you good know start. what? I'm 13. I got time. You do. <laughs> this has been bad now. Please, for the love of God, do not become a dad. I will not. I no. don't have any plans of doing that later on, but these listeners don't need to know anything about that. This has been episode 12 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker. Thank you so much for joining us in this, what's going to turn out to be around 42 minutes of podcasting and baseball discussion. Glorious. It's been great to have you all with us for this episode. Go follow us on Twitter at 211's Baseball Talk. The username has changed. It's no longer 211 Sports. We decided to focus on baseball, not including any other sports such as NFL, NBA, and NHL. We're really focusing on MLB and NFL, or NHL, sorry. And we are now just baseball at 211's Baseball Talk on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Go follow me personally on Twitter at dbakes11 and Chris personally at 3BaseballBoys11. This has been... Two Loves Baseball Talk, episode 12. We'll see you all next Wednesday.